Universe Monologues. I found him. I am the one who knocks. I am Iron Man. I'm Batman. Bringing you news and discussions from all of your favorite film franchises. With great power comes great responsibility. So it begins. With Ben Rayson and Ethan Wetzlar. We would be honored if you would join us. Now, it's time for Multiverse Monologues. He starts monologuing. He starts monologuing. Hey, yo, Ethan. Hey, what's up, Ben? So, last week I, I did something that I've wanted to do for a very long time. Okay. What was that? I 100%ed Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. 100% Super Story, all mini kits, all red bricks, all blue mini kits, everything, every character, every gold brick. It took me like three days because of COVID. I was quarantined from school. Oh, but <laughs> it took me three whole days. <laughs> well, that's all I was doing because Sam was working and everything. So I was just. Consumed that was it. your life. That's, well, yes. But <laughs> I'm also doing something that I've wanted to do for a long time as well. And that's start a podcast. This is it. This is the first official podcast that we're doing together with Ben Rayside and Ethan Wensloff. Heck yeah. Multiverse Monologues. This is the first official episode. This one's going to be up hopefully tomorrow. And we're, we're good to go. We've, we've recorded some stuff before, but it kind of didn't pan out. We didn't do our research well enough. But Yeah, we didn't turn our mics on. So, <laughs> Well, now we finally, I think, have... Everything we need to start. It's going to be up on YouTube for sure. And then I believe it's also going to be hopefully on Spotify if I can get that working. Spotify might be later. But yeah, heck yeah. other than that, we're ready to go. We're excited to talk nerd stuff. That's what's going to be the focus of this podcast. Basically, the major film franchises like Marvel, your Star Wars, your and then TV shows as well. Walking Dead. We're going to have a lot of discussions coming from the Marvel shows that are coming up. We've got Book of Boba Fett, Kenobi, Ahsoka, and then all the Marvel shows as well. We're, we are pretty much going to cover every major franchise that's producing content right now. And then we'll cover basically all the news first and then from the week. So we go over everything that happened over the week. And today we've got... Quite a bit of news. Walking Dead, Marvel, uh, Super Mario is making... Mario's making a movie. Heck Nintendo's yeah. making a movie with them. So we've got a ton of stuff to talk about, and um, we're super excited. But before we get into all of that, all we right. need to establish where we're at. So what I wanted to do, what I thought would be kind of cool, is we would say our three favorite movies. All right. We would say our three favorite TV shows. All right. And then we would say our favorite franchise. So we would Franchise just, or fandom, yeah. Uh, fandom, yeah. yeah. So awesome. like say Star Wars awesome. is your favorite. You could just say that and, and then say why. Give a reason why. So like when you're going with movies, say it's Star Wars. Oh, I really like the ending. So we'll just go through that to kind of just to establish our fandoms. And then we'll get into the news. And then we've got some uh, Marvel st stuff, Star Wars, and then Walking Dead to discuss... Uh, Towards the ending of the podcast. Heck yeah, but right on. We will, I say we jump into movies first. I say, um, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay, number three. We'll start three, two, one. So yeah, we, we discussed this a couple weeks ago, and 
Yeah, I, I told Ben that my movies change like crazy, and he's going to see a, uh, for the most part, I uh, tend to like the same movies. And, I mean, when I watch a movie, it's like, I don't like to get too in-depth with it. It's just like, I like that movie, mm. you know, and that's why. So, for number three, I'm going to do The Dark Knight, uh, the Christopher Nolan. Absolutely fantastic. That movie. It's an awesome movie. It's like the greatest superhero movie ever made. 100%. And even, like, you don't even need to be a huge comic fan to appreciate that movie. Just because the performances. And just kind of everything that goes along with that movie. Heath Ledger's especially. Like, he he's absolutely insane. He's phenomenal. That He just literally put his whole entire life into that role. And it, it's really kind of sad. But... That's what the industry does to some people, and that's it sucks. Yeah, it's really sad. But I will say the score for that movie is absolutely amazing. And one of the things that make a movie for me is the score. That helps it along and it makes it the best. And that for sure has one of the best scores. That's a good number yes. three. And recently Ben has been uh, throwing me uh, into the world of appreciating scores more. So it's uh, something I've been trying to do recently. I'm hoping I can enthrall you in that because there's a lot of good music. If there's any audio in the background, there's some stuff going on outside. I don't think there is. I'm not hearing anything, but maybe there's something picking up. So that's what's going on. Hopefully it won't last for too long. But Dark Knight is a great number three. Is that all you had to say on it or you want to say more? No, I'm satisfied with that. I'll keep it short and sweet. And I mean... There's not really much to say because everyone knows how great of a movie that is. Everyone knows. It's it's number, if you were to look on the best, not even comic book movies, but movies of all time, on IMDb, it's number four. All time, one of the best movies ever made, not just for superheroes, but for movies in general. Yeah, exactly. That's a great number three. My number three would have to go with The Last Samurai, made in 2003, I believe, starring Tom Cruise and Ken Watanabe. I watched this movie when I was 16. And I am a guy who likes to delve deep into movies yep, and yep. like analyze the crap out of them. I'll watch it like a million YouTube videos about it. Mm -hmm. And this movie, like every time I watch it, I've watched it like eight or nine times since I saw it when I was like 16. And every time I watch this movie, it never gets old. I am completely engaged every time I watch this movie. And I try and watch it with people every time because I try and get people to watch. I'm trying to watch it yep, with you. you i got to get you to watch yep. this movie. It's a long one, but it is absolutely fantastic because it tells the story of a Civil War veteran who is basically, he was over in America and he's tasked with basically not killing, but pushing the Indians back during that time. And he has a lot of regret from that. And he gets a job to do that overseas in Japan with the samurai, because Japan is going Western and going modern, but the Japanese, the samurai don't agree with that. So it's kind of, I don't want to get in too in depth with it because yeah, I want spoilery. you to see it. Yep. But it is absolutely fantastic. Again, the music, fantastic. Hans Zimmer's score is beautiful. And hot, dude, the, <laughs> the last samurai is so good. Just as my father does not really sit around and watch movies all that often, he was completely engaged with that film. And that is what kind of signified it in my mind. And that's why it gets number three. Dark Knight is number four, though. It's number four in my top that's ten. Good. It's right there. But I've got two more, two more films that are near and dear to heart. But Ethan, All right. number yeah. two. Number two is, uh, this one has dropped in my list recently. Not because I've appreciated it less, but because 
there's just a movie that I can relate with way more at number one. Mm. And uh, number two will be Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Okay. Yep. And that movie is, like I said, I'll keep it short and sweet. Enough said, that movie just completely ends the Lord of the Rings trilogy in just such a amazing way. And just the ending is just so satisfying for every character you love. And it just, it just, not a lot of stories end so happily. And I know you were saying in the book, things don't end mm -hmm. as happily. But I mean, I appreciate the movie and just every performance in that movie is just awesome. You got, uh, who plays Sam? Oh my gosh. I'm blanking on the name. Sean Austin. Yep. Sean Astin. Sean Astin. Yes. Yep. He just, I don't know, him in that movie, mm -hmm. he is just phenomenal. From when he rescues Frodo and when he carries him up uh, Mount Doom. I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. It's so good. It's phenomenal. I just love, love that whole movie. And I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, honestly, so I got to go back and rewatch it. But just, just thinking about it gets me excited. So, The Lord of the Rings is one of those films that does so well. It's the best interpretation of taking something from a book and putting it on screen. The stuff that they cut out justified it would be cool to see it but it's justified and makes the films that much better yeah but oh my gosh an amazing i mean lord of the rings is going to make an appearance on my list 100 percent. you can't it's without a doubt the greatest trilogy of all time there is nothing even close to lord of the rings yeah. on a pedestal and you have to watch the extended editions to truly get it and that's truly the great thing with movies is you don't have to like i've never read a lord of the rings book i know mm -hmm. you have but I don't even need to read those to just know how great these movies are 100%. and just appreciate the world that they take me into. I saw, I, this is kind of off topic, but I saw something on Instagram the other day. I didn't realize this, but uh, Tolkien, he, he died in 1973 and I, I saw this comment on, on Instagram and he was like, it's kind of cool that he died in 1973, just this is an un, unintentional. Yeah, it's cool he died. But no, because <laughs> no, the year. <laughs> Yeah. The year is important okay. because of the rings. 1973, 1793, one for the Ring of Sauron, seven uh, for the Dwarf Lords, I believe, nine for the race of men doomed to die, and then three for the elves, 1973. It's weirdly poetic for his greatest achievement about those rings to be the same number in the year that he died, which I think is only fitting because he created the greatest fantasy world Ever, I think. Yeah, that that is poetic. But on this internet age, people dissect every little thing. That is so. True. Of course, 100%. a conclusion like that was going to be concluded. Yes, I just thought it was kind of cool. <laughs> the lights just flipped off. We hadn't moved in a while. Holy crap! That's cool. Oh uh, yes, awesome number two. Um, is that all you wanted to say on it? Yeah. I you mean, know, there's a lot in that movie. There's a lot. It's the extended I, cut is four and a half hours. I know, long. yeah. and <laughs> There's so much to go into, but it, I mean, it's awesome. We'll do an in-depth breakdown one day, but yeah, right uh, now that's all I need to yeah, say. That'll and, be like six hours. Yeah, so. I'll let you take it away <laughs> with your number two. My number two is one of the films from my favorite franchise, I believe. It is Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. It is my favorite Star Wars film because it's the film that I grew up with. Empire Strikes Back and even A New Hope, I would say, are objectively better films, 
But Revenge of the Sith is a good film that I grew up watching. I remember skipping the romantic dialogue yeah, in the beginning yeah. and playing it when Order 66 starts. Just from then on, yeah, just, I yeah. rewatched it and rewatched it again and again and again. And it had a tremendous impact on me as a kid and even now. Like, it's absolutely amazing to watch that movie. It never gets old for me. I, that's why these movies are on here because every time I watch them, I ne I'm never bored. Yeah. I want to rewatch them. And yeah. John Williams' score is epic in that film. And Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen do so well. I will forever defend the prequels. They're, they have issues. The first two wrong. also? You defend them? I do. Okay. 100%. They have issues, but at least they had a story they wanted to tell. Yeah, they had knew. They had a, yeah. An indirect insult to the sequels. But Revenge of the Sith is the best out of the prequels and one of my favorite Star Wars film. 100%. It's so yeah. freaking good. I love that film so much. That's my number two. All right, yeah. I accept your number two. Thank I respect you. it. <laughs> you have good reasoning to back it up. Yeah. Personally, Empire Strikes Back, you know, is top of my list, but yep. I think Revenge of the Sith is a very great movie, and Ewan McGregor is just phenomenal in there. Can't wait to watch and him in yes, Kenobi. Yes. That's yeah. going to be an epic show. And yeah. Hayden Christensen, they're both returning. It's going to be awesome. Well, maybe we'll do a Star Wars ranking when that comes out. We'll probably do it before that. But yeah, I'm currently uh, trying to work my way through the Clone Wars just because I uh, I watched them when I was a kid, but then I kind of fell off. But now uh, it seems that all the information in that show is becoming very relevant. So I'm trying to get through that. And Ben is the, probably the biggest advocate I've ever met for Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and so. Just it, having him push yep. me along the way, and uh, you know what? It's not too bad. I'm not going to talk <laughs> about it because I'm going to talk about it later. But yes, it's. I'm happy you're watching it. Thank you, thank you, Ethan. Your yes. number one pick for your favorite movie of all time at this current point. All right, at this current point, my number one movie is Hacksaw Ridge. Whoa, that's yep. And that is number one because I freaking love that movie. Mm -hmm from just every aspect and mainly this aspect is just the concept well it's based on a true story of course but the concept of just following your religion and all the scrutiny that this guy gets through the whole movie for not picking up a gun and just the way he endures it and it doesn't stop him from doing what he wants to do and being a medic in the war. And, like, you can just draw such an inspiration from that. It's like people in your life are going to tell you one thing. But, I mean, you got to do what you believe is right. And, I mean, just sticking to your, your religion and just regardless of what other people think. Like, because whatever you believe, you're going to face scrutiny for it in life. And 100%. if you don't stick to it, then you're just like... You're just a flip-flopper, and you can't make up your mind. But, yeah, just the core idea of that movie, just a man of faith, and just the way that it's portrayed in that movie, because you barely ever see faith portrayed that well in a movie and that positively in a movie. Not in today's world. No, it's just very hard to see that, and it mm -hmm. was just really awesome to see that done right. Mm -hmm. And obviously, he's Jewish. I'm not Jewish, but just the fact that it's portrayed like that and just so done so well 
is just so respectable. And just uh, Andrew Garfield's performance in that movie is it's, phenomenal, too. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. He is so good. And I rewatched this scene today just because I was thinking about it. When uh, he drags the one guy across the field on the, yes. the tarp or the blanket, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. That scene is just like the action in that movie is all so phenomenal. Like they have a great story. Yes. They also got a great love angle to it with his mm-hmm. his wife. They do that so well. It eventually becomes yeah. Love. yeah. And like you're just invested in every aspect of this movie, and just on top of that, they it relates to me personally, and just I can connect with the main character just because everyone around him's like, just uh, what's wrong with you? Yeah, they're why just, are you not picking up a weapon? It's I know, horrible. and they're yeah. all like, man, I'll never depend on you mm-hmm. in war. But in the heat of the moment, he is the one saving everyone. And it just is a great testimony just to just defend what you believe in, regardless of what other people think. It's a great message, especially in today's age where you're kind of afraid to talk about yeah, what exactly. you believe in. Because, I mean, if you post anything on social media, like you're under scrutiny, you know, yep. like you're for the world to judge. And many people aren't really there for it. And this movie does it really well, like you said. It does, yeah. And I just I just love that movie. It's a, it's a great movie. And, you know, next week I might have a different favorite movie. But, I mean, I just can't connect with this movie more than I can with any other movie. So It's so good. I, that's a great number one, 100%. And it's going to make mine. You know, no, that's a great. The score of that one's good too. Yeah, that's a great number one. 100%. I gotta rewatch. You it. made that. You explained that really well. I couldn't really pin down what I really liked about that movie so much, but you—that was really good. Thank you. My number one, and this one really doesn't really change. It's always kind of been there mm-hmm. for a long time. The last three years is Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring. As far as the book, the books go, it's the most accurate in my opinion. I know it leaves out Tom Bombadil, but. The score and everything, the, the from the moment it starts to the moment it ends, I'm so engaged because it starts off with Kate uh, Blanchett narrating about the history and everything, and it's done so well. The imagery is awesome, and you're enthralled in this epic story that spans like what three and a half thousand years, and then you're taken to this very small spot in the Shire, and Frodo's reading a book. All these epic things are happening, and then it, it focuses on the Shire. What a weird way to start off the book and then the movie. Like, But it works so well because it starts off with the, the music of the Shire theme, which is epic, composed by Howard Shore. And then it gets every character in that movie so engaging. The Nine Fellowship of the Ring is awesome. Every side character is awesome. Pete Jackson did such a great job with that movie. And from beginning to end, I'm always so happy to just be watching that. And like the other two are on my top 10, but the fellowship is number one for me. It's, oh my gosh, is it an amazing film. It's, and then like the dynamic that each of the nine bring to it, there's two men, but the two men are very different. There's an elf and a dwarf and a wizard, four hobbits, but each one of them are very corely, like, and they even separate them up in the second movie. Yes, Just to add more of a depth to the story. And the villains are, Epic, the Ring Rates, and then Sauron and Saruman. They're movies I re- try and rewatch every year. I didn't get a chance to watch them last year, which is weird because COVID happened. But that is I, weird, yeah. 
I try and watch them every year with my parents, and oh my gosh, I'm, I'm really hoping I get a chance to watch it again this year because those movies are, like you said, I mean, you, there's a reason you got Return of the King on your list. Like, I just haven't met a single person who just doesn't like those movies. Like, try and find they're something. just phenomenal. Like, <laughs> it's religiously agreed upon that those are the best trilogy. That's the best trilogy of all time. It is, yeah. No one's going to argue with that. It's just. I'm certainly not. I mean, there's contenders, but that's unequivocally number one. Yeah, you don't have to get three movies that perfect. You right. Know? I mean, there's a reason they swept the Oscars in 2003, I think, or yeah. 2004, I think. I was won. 03. <laughs> they, they swept it. They got all 11. That's insane. It's never been done before. But this movie captured everyone's attention in a, in a way that's never been done since, I think. And it's awesome, yeah. So... Those are our three picks. Those are the movies. We're going to move into shows now. Um, I guess I'll start. Yeah, okay. go I, for it. My move, my show list changed, actually. Did we, it? We recorded this already, but it didn't work. But my show changed for number three. Okay. And then I kind of feel like a chump. I don't watch as much TV as Ethan does. Ethan watches a lot more TV than I do. But, but the entertainment's shows, entertainment, and what you like is what you like. I'm definitely trying to get into more TV shows. Yes. Yeah. But uh, number three, my number three is, as I was really thinking about it, is Walking Dead. Okay. Heck yeah. <laughs> I was, for the, like, I started Walking Dead this year in February, I believe, and finished it in June, I think. It took me somewhere around four months. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it was phenomenal. I can't really judge a show, like, right after that, but I've never watched a show for it's now in its eleventh season and been really engaged for pretty much all of it. Yeah, I've never like, done that before. That's just insane. It is with I, how long <laughs> that show keeps you engaged. Yeah, and like binge watching, it definitely adds to the experience. Because mm-hmm. like right now we're watching season eleven and it's holding up pretty good. I, I would say week so. by week, you know. Mm-hmm. But I know going back, that wouldn't always be the case. Like. For some of nine and some of ten, it definitely benefits to binge watch that. Definitely. But eleven is holding up pretty good. But for the fact that it's in the final season, the eleventh season, mm-hmm. and you're still engaged in the characters, the story, and you're still really intrigued. Like I'm really excited for next week to watch the 100%. next episode. It's the finale. Yeah. Well, mid season finale. But there's one of yeah, the you, part yeah, part right. three. So you kinda like you kinda separate how you think of Walking Dead into like eras. There's the first two seasons, which is like five and then thirteen episodes or twelve or something. I forget. Season two is less, I think. It goes six, then thirteen, and then six. the rest are sixteen. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. And then so you kinda have the first one being Rick and Shane, the first two seasons. And then after that it's kind of the governor's story as he goes through mm-hmm. seasons three and four. And then they're kind of wandering, and and then season at the end of season five, and then season six, they're in Alexandria pretty much for the rest of the show. But then you get Negan, yeah, and then like the governor and Negan, two phenomenally written villains in my opinion. Like they they're up there with the top villains of all, especially and, Negan. And they're still writing Negan so well. That's what I'm currently on especially. The show. I can't wait to talk about this next yeah. episode because uh, yeah. there's a scene. That I really want, I'm excited to talk about, but we'll get to that eventually. But Walking Dead is my number three because I've never been that engaged in such a long show like Walking Dead. And I think that's why it's number three for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Ethan. All right. Number three for me is, first of all, honorable mention to uh, Breaking Bad. 
It did not make the podium this time. I love that show. It is a phenomenal show. If you want to argue that it's the best show ever, I'm not going to argue with that. I would agree. Mm -hmm. But just personally, uh, it would come in as number four for me. Hmm. But number three is Psych with uh, James Rode and Dulé Hill. Just That is just the ultimate comfort show for me. Hmm. Like, just turn that on and like it's just a mood booster and just eight seasons of peak comedy just the bromance between sean and gus is just like i love that show and it was just one of those shows that i could sit down with my entire family it's Mm. just family appropriate the whole family can enjoy it and it's just like it's this hilarious show with these funny characters very quippy and on top of that they're detectives you know that's just I've always loved crime TV mysteries and this one they don't get too complicated with it they know where their lane is but just some of the episodes they have and the tropes they have just phenomenal like they're not they got multiple episodes based off horror movies they got a Friday the 13th themed episode they got a Shining themed episode Mm. And just, they got a Bigfoot episode. It's just like, you can, the creators and the actors, they just had fun making the show. And that's just, I love good dramas, but like, this is just such a hilarious show. Just so comforting to watch. And it's just something the whole family can enjoy, mm-hmm. which we do not have that anymore. There's not a lot of TV. There's not a lot of good family TV that you can all watch. Mm-hmm. So yeah and they got they got two movies too those are pretty all right and i mean they just intend on making more so i will say i've I've seen a couple episodes uh the one i remember is when gus gets drunk or no it's it's uh drugged yeah last night gus last night gus yeah i really i I remember watching that actually a couple times i i haven't even watched the show fully yeah i in an episode it's pretty hilarious yeah sure some of the humor can be cheesy going back but i mean i don't even care just i just love that show and the characters and normally the shows i like they have huge casts mm. like i love huge diverse casts yeah. but this show they just it's a smaller cast but they just every character in there mm. i love from lassie to juliet to uh sean's dad henry chief o'hara just uh no, that's Juliet. Chief Vic. Yeah, just the whole show I love. From your little side characters, McNabb. And hmm. It's just I don't know, it's just a fun show, and yeah. we don't have too many fun shows really anymore. We don't. No, and it's just, it's just good to look offices. back and just... And your parks and rec, you know? Yeah, and it's just one of the... Like, I've rewatched that show, I think, four or five times. Holy cow. And, like, <laughs> I just love every every episode like just rewatching it i just appreciate it so much that's good number three i'm not gonna argue with that and it's got an awesome theme song too so you you can give it that nice yeah pretty good number two these next two are you kind of call me a chump but mandalorian is number two for me okay the first it's only had two seasons yeah I, i really would like to do a show that's finished but only number one is finished for me. Walking Dead's still going on and Walking mm-hmm. Dead's finishing up. But 
Mandalorian's only had its two seasons. I mean, they're planning on making more, but for the two seasons we've gotten, it's absolutely fantastic. It's a Star Wars that has a great plan for establishing a universe and a character so well. It doesn't make the mistake of throwing everything at you all at once. It takes its time over the course of the eight episodes to establish the Mandalorian, Din Djarin. For the first season, it's just him and his stories. You know, how he finds this child who mm -hmm. is Baby Yoda, who turns out to be Grogu. Mm -hmm. And it's those eight episodes that really sell you on his character. He's not one, he's like one of the faces of Star Wars right now. Yeah, he, no, he, he Mando. Is, yeah, he like. He's one of the coolest characters in Star Wars. Since Disney got Star Wars, it's like, I know you'll fight for Clone Wars season seven. I haven't seen it yet. But they just, with the sequel trilogy coming out, yep. they desperately needed Mando. Mm -hmm. And a character or a character like that, I think they tried to, without getting into too much sequel hate, I think they tried to make these characters as iconic as possible, and they're memorable. I, re I will always remember Ray. I think she was fine, but Mando is that character that really got me invested in his show, and I, I I cannot wait to see him. But then in season two, they take it a million degrees, but they do it so well because they make every story and every character that he meets that's already established in canon mm -hmm. and have it make sense. They have Boba Fett chasing them all throughout. The first episode is like a movie. It's so freaking good. And then they have, um, oh, what's her name? I'm blanking on her name right now. Big but strong it's the Mandalorian. <laughs> it's the Mandalorian who they meet. Oh my gosh, I, I'm killing myself right now. You I are. Should know, I should know her name. She's, clone, she's a Clone Wars veteran. She's the Mandalorian. I'm gonna remember her name. The Redhead? Yes. And they have her. She's a veteran of the Clone Wars. She's in a lot of good episodes. Then they bring in Ahsoka. But it's also that they can find a home for Grogu. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, but it's also kind of subtly setting up season three. Because uh -huh. I think season three is going to be where Mando goes back to Mandalore and, and all the political drama with that. Which is another reason why I'm going to watch the Clone Wars. But it's... <laughs> and then, then they meet Boba Fett officially. And then at the very end, a moment that made me and a million other people burst out in tears of joy, we get Luke freaking Skywalker back in the way that he should be portrayed. It is. It was so awesome seeing the X-Wing come in. Great, one X-Wing, we're saved. And then it's Luke and he kills them all, just slaughters them. He has this epic hallway scene. But you see all those characters and they do it so well. Mandalorian is such a good show for the first two seasons. I know that Dave Filoni and John Favreau yeah, yeah. will continue with that and quality. Yeah, the greatest of Mandalorian is also a big push for why I want to push through Clone Wars. Just because mm -hmm. I know I would have appreciated Mandalorian. So, like, I already appreciate it so much, but I would appreciate it so much more knowing these characters already. And when they get introduced, just seeing them. Like, that would... Like, that's a big push for me. Yeah. And... Also, you forgot to mention this, just the way it completely connects the whole Star Wars universe. Yes! You get prequel characters. Mm -hmm. You get original, you get Luke. Yes, yes. And 100%. just, it just brings the whole universe together in a way that nothing else has. And it's just, I mean, of course they're all connected. You get, you get Obi-Wan, you get interconnecting characters mm -hmm. through well, right. the different trilogies. But this one, it's just like, uh, it's just it was good to see them do it right it was yeah. so 
refreshing, and I, I'm so excited to see more of this universe because that's kind of where they're going off of. We get Book of Boba Fett, which is a direct spinoff to, man, I mean, you saw the post credit scene with him, and he takes over Jabba's palace. He owns that place now. Who knows what that's the heck gonna is going to happen? That's going to be that's... awesome. And then we're getting Kenobi, which is, that might be my favorite the show. The best show yeah. ever made. No, like. It has that potential there. Deborah Chow, who is the showrunner for that show, she worked on the uh, she worked on two episodes of Mandalorian. She worked on the third one, and the third one was one of my favorites. I believe that she can do a good job um, with the show. I mean, you you kind of have to, but there's there's a lot going on with that show. I think there's going to be Inquisitors in the show, which are uh, Jedi hunters. You'll know if you watch Rebels, and then Darth Vader, of course. We're getting we're. I don't care who you are. If you have a show or a movie and Darth Vader is in that show, I will watch that show. Darth Vader is so good. He, my favorite Star Wars character of all time is Darth Vader. He's the face of it. it but he's yeah. there's a reason for it. You love Darth Vader. He's so good. That may, Okay, we've gone on way too long talking about We this could talk much. about it all day. 100%, right yes. But Mandalorian is my second pick. It's a good pick. Ethan, number one. Right? Or are you number two? I think no, no, I'm, you're a, number, I'm two. number two right yeah, now. Right, number two. Number two for me is I was really debating switching my one and two. I really was, honestly. I know. But I, know but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. My number two is Lost. And just, I love that show. Star I'm rewatching it right now. And I'm trying to get Ben hooked on it. I showed him the pilot. He seemed to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But I just... I forget how much I enjoy this show and just how much it engages you. And like, I'm rewatching it. I'm on episode eight on my rewatch. And just you forget how quickly you learn about all these characters because they have the flashbacks and they have the current story. And like, you take any show, like, the character development in the show is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And the characters in the show are just great i love every character like they're characters that you start off the show hating but like by the end of the show you're gonna love each and every one of these characters in a different way and you're like so amazed that the writers were able to do this and just the mystery of everything of the island and just the other mysteries you're gonna learn i don't want to spoil it for yeah people, right no spoilers just the intrigue of it like this was the first show i ever binge watched mm -hmm. and it just resonates with me just all the work put into it mm -hmm. and just and i just appreciate it and what i want to say some more things i will say i, we, I watched the pilot i was completely engaged i've never that's never happened before where i was engaged with so many characters within two really one big episode you know it was, I mean, it was awesome. Every character, I was like, what the heck is going on with this character? But they have one common denominator that unites them all, and it's that plane crash yes, yes. on the beach. And so what the heck is going on there? Who are these characters? Who is this lady? I mean, I'm really yeah. excited to find I've, answers to I'm excited coming. for you to watch it, too, because yeah. I don't know, just, just re-watching it, too, you just have such a deeper appreciation for it because all the subtle hints that they throw at you in that pilot 
you're like, oh, dang. They were really planting the seeds for just the entire ending of the show. Mm -hmm. Like, people can debate all day that the writers didn't know where they were going. But... Which I've heard is a big criticism. It is. But you watch the pilot and then you watch the ending. It adds up pretty good. And sure, maybe the writing gets a little goofy in the end. But the stories they're telling and just the things they do are just so cool. And I don't want to get too in-depth yeah, in it. But I just, that's a good number that's two. That's my number two. And I was mm -hmm. debating putting it at number one just because the show is over and... It's just in the history books. Mm -hmm. And my number one is not over yet. So, yes. My number one is also Star Wars. And I will, it's been my number one forever. Star Wars, The Clone Wars. It will always forever be the show that I grew up with. Nostalgia definitely has a factor, but it's one of those shows that you watch as a kid and then you're able to appreciate more. We were talking about this yesterday when you grow older, because the stories are still there, the stories are still engaging, the characters are engaging. It's phenomenal television. There are a few arcs in there that are so-so, but overall, it, it adds so much depth to the prequel trilogy, which is why I defend it so much. No, yeah, the prequels yeah. on their own I, are admittedly flawed, but this gives so, I mean, George Lucas dug himself a hole when he did that because he made one 10 years apart Phantom yeah, Menace and Attack of the Clones and then it was three years between and it was like a, no one felt that the character progression was there because Anakin and Obi-Wan what the heck they didn't even know each other they felt like they were robotic in the first one and then yeah. now they're, they're friends again what, what what happened you know three years of war happened and you see it in the Clone Wars it's so good and the standout characters that come from the Clone Wars are the clones that's the biggest no, draw yeah. to they're the show so cool. Captain Rex and Fives are two of the most engaging characters that Star Wars ever made. And they're largely just this show. And they are. I don't think they are in anything else. No, no Rebels. That's, I'm sorry. They're in Rebels. But uh, no, not Fives. Fives is not in Rebels. But Rex is. And then just every character that they, they do so well. They, they do it in four, um, four episode arcs. So it's almost like watching a mini movie, like an hour and a half movie. And they have, and that's how they develop the characters. And also another standout character who appears in The Mandalorian is Ahsoka, who is also in Rebels. She's never appeared in a movie before, but she has. There's rumors. There's been rumors forever going around that she's like, yeah, she needs her own trilogy, which I think would be awesome. But she's getting a show, which is you can do more with a show than you can with. I mean, a trilogy is a lot, but you can do more with a show than anything else. And I really hope that they'd get her character. I mean, they're they're going to. Dave Filoni is doing the show, and he did Clone Wars. Yeah. They can't mess it up. Although, I say that, and knock on wood, but who knows? I trust where they're going with it. But the Star Wars, the Clone Wars, will forever be my number one. It's going to be hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Mandalorian keeps up, maybe there's a chance. But Mandalorian doesn't have nostalgia on my side. Well, actually, you know, it's kind of hard to say because they bring in characters who you grew up with. But Clone Wars, you did grow up with all those stories. So it's kind of hard to, but it'll probably forever be my number one. 100%, yeah. 100%. Unless Kenobi is insane. Yeah. And I was saying this before, but it's crazy how important Clone Wars has become. Yep. Like when that was coming out, like it wasn't even confirmed canon. 
yet mm -hmm. when it was first coming out. But now it is so important to the universe. Yeah. And like the casual Star Wars fan, you won't even know who the heck Ahsoka is. Right. Like that's insane. Like I barely know anything about her, but I know how important of a role she will play. Like the fact that a casual fan wouldn't even yeah. know who that is. It's just so bizarre that it's that I think that's why they put her in here so they could draw attention to these stories. She has I think three really engaging her last arc in that show is yeah. is heartbreaking in my opinion. Like it legit brings me to tears when really? I watch it. Really? Order 66 is heartbreaking. <laughs> well, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes without saying, but 100% it's it's so good. That's Star Wars: The Clone Wars is my number one. We've harped on it enough. Yeah, and I see why. I'm sure once I uh, watch all of uh, Clone Wars and go back and watch Revenge of the Sith, I will, I will be on par with you, Ben. Mm -hmm. Just because I know how much depth it'll bring to every little, every little scene in that movie. The just because, yeah, the, the clones part. and even just the whole order 66 mm -hmm. montage like you're gonna learn who those characters are and when you see them die it's so much worse it's heartbreaking yeah heartbreaking that's why Reve that's part of the reason why revenge of the sith is my my second favorite movie but that is my number one ethan i know the answer but yeah why don't you number say one <laughs> is the walking dead and i should have just talked about it when ben was talking about it but nah. just yeah we could talk about it more. <laughs> just the fact that it's 11 seasons and that, like, first off, the cast, Stella. you just go back to the early seasons, season one and two, mm -hmm. just the Rick and Shane dynamic was so perfect and so incredible. Just, just seeing those two, John Bernthal and Andrew Lincoln, interact on screen was just so enjoyable. And it really cements the show. Mm-hmm. Their performance really does. They engage, like they spend that whole season on a farm. On a farm, you know? There's like three zombies <laughs> you see the whole season. But just John Bernthal and they Andrew Lincoln. The, show. the conflict between the two, mm -hmm. that whole season is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And a spoiler alert, it's like 10 years old now, yeah, 11 no. years old now. <laughs> but just the scene when Rick kills Shane. Oh my god. That is one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. Just it's a turning point for Rick. And he really just cements himself as that character. What does Rick say? He says, You made me do this or don't make me do I forget what he says in that moment, but it's it's oh my gosh, it's phenomenal. This was you, not me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> and, cause you, I'm a better I, father than yeah. you, Rick. Yeah, because you can say you can you you can take a zombie show and people are going to be engaged. Zombies is fascinating. I've always liked zombie content. But when you can bring it up to the level that Walking Dead did, you're, you have like a Like, those characters show. are just... Mm -hmm. Like, even now on the show, like, they've killed off so many characters from yeah. the start. And even now on the show, like, sure, you're not as engaged in some of these characters. But they've still done a good job at just giving you characters that you just love and appreciate just it's just bizarre because mm -hmm. you go back to season two there's three people on the show from season two still you yeah know? Well, who do we have spoiler alert carol daryl and maggie yeah and, and the second <laughs> most recent i believe is aaron 
from season f- really yeah season five because season what about because f- uh, um... season three we get michonne yeah she's off the show now what about gabriel gabriel we get uh i think that's i think we get time. him we do get him season five too oh yeah okay so i think so yeah they meet gabriel before yes aaron because they gotta go to that church yeah yeah but i mean just they st- i don't know if the show ever got me to like gabriel i don't know maybe I, there was yeah. one episode when i liked him for like a second I'm i've never been big I've, yeah i've never been big on him no but just aaron the way they've being able to do his character. Yes. And I, just the story they tell too. Yep. Is because people are like, oh, they they have no characters left from the original season. But I mean, that can, that's also realistic. Like real life isn't a satisfying story. It's not Marvel where you have all like no deaths until one, your one major ending movie to end the Sega. Yeah. Characters die. This is real life. I mean, this is a zombie apocalypse for crying Yeah, out. like you're watching through that show and you're like, like when they, the pivotal death was, like even Lori, when they killed Lori, you're like, that's when you know the show's different. You're like, they are willing to do this. She was a hated character, but I was tearing up. I, her son had to kill her. Yes. And then the next season, Herschel dies. Oh my gosh. You just... <laughs> It's just insane. At, I, you know, it's just... It's One just of the greatest good. things about it is that it is... Because you have a game of... game. Your Game of Thrones kills off characters left and right just like Walking Dead does. But Game of Thrones is so raunchy and so not family-friendly that it's hard to watch. But Walking Dead, I mean, it's grotesquely violent. Yeah. Points. Yeah. Like no, for sure. Yeah. But largely it's pretty okay for almost all of the show. Like it's okay to watch that show. Like I, I would I'm going to let my kids watch it when they're young when they're teenagers, you know? Yeah. Cuz it's a good show. But you it's not that location and it's not that deal with Game of Thrones. It's largely a good show that most people can watch. And that's why I think it was so popular for as long as it was. And I don't know if there's any show in history that is as bingeable as this show just the length of this show and i was intimidated by it <laughs> just the way you're engaged the whole time yeah like when you binge through it i knew you were probably in what season four and you're like yeah i'm finishing all nine seasons like nothing's stopping me like just knowing that mm-hmm. when you're only at season four that's bizarre and like you're watching through it, like when you're binging it, you're like, all right, when's the show get bad? Because people always hate on the show. When's it get bad? I say it was great in season seven and eight. I, when most people fell off of it, I would say. But it's I, just the, the Glenn Death people really, really didn't dislike. I, and I, I mean, you know how dope it'd be if Glenn was on the show right now? That'd it be would so be dope. dope. It, uh, it, it would be. But... Again, there's your reason. Like, that episode is my favorite when he dies and Abraham does. Yeah. Because they play it so well. Yeah. That's what you have. Because that's one of the complaints of Marvel is you have characters that survive in situations where you're like, all right, end the character, you know? It's – they've had enough screen time. It's like it would – it leaves you with an impactful emotional punch 
that's like, oh my gosh, I, I wanted that character to look yeah, so like, like, But they do it so well that they send these characters off like that. And that's, that's so good. They did the same thing with Rick. If they can leave you wanting more, yes, like that's the best. Like you never want to be like, like Gabriel for me. I've wanted him to die for a couple of seasons now. Agreed. Like that, that's just sad when, but like when they can leave you wanting more, and ideally when you can do it uh, yeah. the Rick way or the Michonne way. Yes. Sure, it's not the best for the overall story. Like why would Michonne leave Judith and RJ? Mm. You know during the Whisperer War. Like, that's right. not the best story to tell. Yeah. But it's keeping you engaged for the future because you know you're going to get to see that character again regardless mm -hmm. of if they come back in the show or the Rick movies yep. or whatever because that character's still out and about. Sure, we're not getting her now. Same with Rick. We're not getting him now. But we know that in the future we will. And that's just... And that's what's sad is, like, you know that Glenn... Unless they do some flashback, you're never getting Glenn again. No. Unless yeah. they do a flashback or a dream sequence, mm -hmm. which would be dope. But Absolutely. you're never getting more character growth from that character. And that is yeah. really sad. Yeah. But it's also, I don't know, it's pretty realistic because people mm -hmm. die sometimes. And just when a show can make you feel the way that that show makes you feel. Yes, that's the biggest thing. Like when TV can get you emotional. That's like the, that's the peak of it. That's the core of why I am so invested in all of this. Yeah, exactly. Like, Because it makes me, it, I mean, it's why anyone's invested in any sort of media. It makes you feel emotion, you know? Like Endgame. I was cr I'm bawling my eyes out during that movie, you know? Because you're invested in these characters. You grew up with them You from 10 years, you know? This is 10 years of work that they poured into these characters. Of course, you're gonna get emotional when that die mm -hmm. when the, when that character dies. But they, you got. You, I mean, you also have to do it well. You know? Yeah, you do. But I mean, for most of the time, when you can do that well, you're gonna get people watching. For the longest time, Game of Thrones was the most popular show out there, and they had the most deaths ever. You know, like they kill off characters left and right. If they do deaths right, that's peak because you're feeling something. You know. There's ways you can feel stuff, other ways, you know, but deaths ha leave you with such, like, emotion. I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't really know what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying, like, deaths are always a plus, in my opinion, if you can do it right. And that's why Walking Dead was, like, so emotionally resonant for me. Because you never know who's going to die. Yeah. And I definitely have cried a lot more during TV shows yeah. than anything. Mm -hmm. Just because you really go on a journey with the characters. Yep. Like you went on a journey with Robert Downey Jr. as mm -hmm. Tony. But ultimately what? He was in how many movies? He was in yeah, Iron Man 1, 2, Iron and 3, Man's. Civil War, uh, four Avengers. Every one of those Avengers. I mean, that's a lot. That is a lot. That's a that's four Avengers movies. But the, Civil the War. Marvel Cinematic Universe is a different game. Yeah. Just because... Right. It's you can like, you can call that a TV show. You could call just because of how I mean, you connected can't watch it Endgame or Infinity War and have that emotional response if you haven't seen. No, it yeah, movies. you need the whole thing. So that's a different beast, hundred percent. So let me think of a better example then. Think of Star Wars, or I mean, Star Wars is still pretty big. That's true, um, but you know what I mean, like well, just like right. a standalone movie. Yeah, right. 
I, just you get to go on this journey with the characters, and this is any TV show. This isn't just The Walking Dead. Yeah. But just the character development. That's one of my favorite things is character development. Mm -hmm. And for me, movies, unless there are multiple movie arcs, like Lord of the Rings or yeah. the MCU, I just find like a single movie character development arc is really hard for me yeah. to buy, unless done right. Mm -hmm. There yeah. are movies out there. Yeah, but... no. When the pacing is right and Last Samurai. it's convincing, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Then it's when it's done really well. Yeah. And I can actually relate with the characters. But just shows just pack such a big punch. Because you spent hours watching these characters. Yep. First show I ever cried during was Lost. It was the first show That's I ever cried That's good to during. know. Yeah. Because and I'll probably cry too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely if, most if you watch when I watch the whole thing. Yeah. Nice. But yeah. I think that's good stuff. I think that wraps it. Oh no, favorite fandom. Favorite fandom. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, unless you have one, I have mine. Walking Dead is my favorite show, but the rest of the universe is Dookie. Not not the best. Yeah. So I gotta go with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, just because mm -hmm. as we were talking about it. Yep. Just the biggest movie franchise. Ever. Ever. <laughs> and sure, it's been getting a lot of heat lately. Yeah. By uh, who's that Dune director? Martin Scorsese. Yeah. He was bashing on it, the MCU, how they're just copy and paste. Yeah. But sure. But if you have developed a formula. Yep. For success. For success. And you can do it over and over again. And still tell interesting stories, mm -hmm. engage me the whole movie. Like props to you, man. You've done a pretty like, good job. Like DC has tried, and they just can't master the formula. They've tried the copy and paste formula, but they've never been able to get it right. Many universes have tried to do that. They tried to do that with the Mummy, if you remember that in 2017. That was supposed to spark a cinematic universe, but what yeah. they all failed to do is to tell an engaging first story. I will say, man, I am a defender of Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. Yep, I, I, know I you think are. they could have done a lot with that, but they just, they never found their footing. But that goes without saying. But like the Dark Universe is supposed to, but they make the mistake of shoving everything in the first movie, and they don't really tell a good story, though. You need good stories, and then you can have your team up. You can't like, just roll right into everything, like DC did. Like that first Iron Man movie is so grounded yep. in the world you know. Like when he's first making his Iron Man suit, not even Mark One, the other what he the other one when he's back at his house, he's making it. Like the tools and just the way it looks, you're like It's so That is something that a man could make. Like yep. that just looks so realistic. And like when he's flying around through the air, you're like, Man, I believe that. That's a good story. You know, and then they get a little crazy. They jump in. Then they do they do Hulk next, mm -hmm. which is still grounded in reality. I like that movie. And the only crazy thing is just this form formula or yeah. the gamma radiation yeah. that turns you into this big freaking beast. But it's still in the real world. You know, they establish the real world, the world you know, a world you live in, mm -hmm. with a little twist. You know, little subtle changes before they actually take the massive step. Like if they just started with the movie, no. 
like Guardians of the Galaxy or, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is still an awesome movie. 100%. I don't know how it would have worked straight up. Without that, yeah. right. Yeah. But, or even like the best movie out of all those, in my opinion, is Infinity War. Mm -hmm. And that just Agreed. takes you all over the galaxy. Like, all you know how bizarre that be to see, just straight off the bat? Yeah. But they introduce you to this MCU in such a real way, a way that you can see it and relate to it. Like, even the first Avengers movie, it's in New York, you know? Mm -hmm. Sure, there's aliens, but everyone, like, heard of aliens before. You know, right. they're lore everywhere. And all the heroes, pretty believable. Like, you got two regular humans on that Avengers Yeah, squad, right. You know? 100%. And it's, like, it's one of those, and even now, with Loki, establishing not only yes. that it can be interconnected to what Marvel makes, but... Now it can be interconnected to anything. Yep. Yeah. I mean, massive. I think part of that's going to play into this next Spider-Man movie. Maybe. Yeah. We'll have we to see how it goes. But we can um, talk about that a yeah. lot. <laughs> we're gonna. That's going to be a major point of contention. Next week we're going to be doing Venom, because and I've heard some crazy theories about that, which we're going to get into soon. I hope they add up. Yes. Me too. Why don't we just jump right into that right now? Well. I also want to say Oh, you got to do your favorite, favorite Phantom, Phantom, yeah. Which is Star Wars, 100%. I mean, you go for your two favorite shows and one favorite movie uh, <laughs> in the universe, and you have to go with Star Wars. Heck and yeah. I find myself always coming back to Star Wars. Marvel is right there. It flip-flops for me sometimes with how much I'm a fan of certain things. I would say I'm more of a fan of Marvel right now. Yeah, than currently the content right. is higher. It's just but. there's more for Marvel. But Star Wars is something I will always come back to as like my comfort zone. I know, it's, and I, like, I know. It's a core memory. 100%. <laughs> I know so much and enjoy so much of that show. It's of that universe. It's in, like, I, I, over the course of this summer, I read four, read, I listened to four audio books about Star Wars, The Old Republic, and events that are non-canon, just to read about it. Like, that, I am... A huge. I have. I know a lot about Star Wars. That's what I'm saying. And when you know, the more you know about Star Wars, it makes it better. Yeah. It yeah. just makes the stories that you listen to and see on the big screen and the shows just that much better. Because when you know them, the more you know about it, it makes like Mandalorian, like we were talking about, better. Because you know these characters and you know where they come from. You know that Ahsoka has been through what she's been through without getting into spoilers. In that, you know why she says, "I've seen." what um, training can do to even the best of Jedi. And you feel that emotion because you watch Clone Wars yeah. and you see how that comes into play. Just that little line right there makes it so much more emotional if you've seen and know all of that stuff. And I know there's a lot to get into, but it's they, worth it. They it, really have done a good job at recently just rewarding the core yes. and uh devoted fans of star wars and having reason. it make sense yeah that's the big that's the key because if you don't i mean that, that you're gonna get angry that is that is also we just forgetting this the sequels yes that it doesn't apply to the sequels something happened i we don't want to freaking talk about it I, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely 100 percent. it's just so confusing how they can do mandalorian so at well. the same time as they're making these movies 
and just screw up the movies so much. Because in my opinion, Dave Filoni is the common denominator. He's Star Wars. He did Clone Wars with George Lucas. Yeah. He was mentored by George Lucas. And John Favreau was always a win. Everything he touches is golden. And you combine that into everything. It, it, John Favreau had a story that he wanted to tell. Like, this was his story. He brought Dave along because Dave knows Star Wars better than almost anyone other than George Lucas. And you've got yourself a winning combination, which is why The Mandalorian is so good. You know? The movies are made for money. How can we appeal to a general audience so much so that we can bring in as much money as possible? And that's where you get that. Because I don't want to talk about the sequels, actually. I'm not going to continue that quote. But they were made with money and no plan. And that is that that hurts. That hurt me as a fan, especially the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. But other than that, when you don't look at the bad, there's Star Wars has so much more good than it does bad, and the stories are so good. Yeah, and that's what hurts with storytelling nowadays is money. Money. So many franchises focus on money instead of telling the best story they possibly can. Yep. And that really hurts. A lot of franchises. 100%. Like, you see them, they split the Hobbit movies into three. That's a great example. Holy crap. Yep. Like, just for money, instead of focusing on telling, like, you know how awesome that movie could have been? One singular movie? Mm Mm-hmm. Or even two, but like... Two would have been fine. I would have accepted two. You get rid of the whole dwarf and elf relationship. Never, ever... And Legolas. (laughs) Yeah, well, Legolas is cool just to be cool. just to, But it was more, again, it was more of a setup for Lord of the Rings than yeah. it was telling the Hobbit story. I mean, yeah. guaranteed, you can't name half of the dwarves no, that I, are on there. I, I, mean, I can't tell you I, I can't I, name one. I'll but, say that. Well, that's <laughs> I could tell you who Bilbo is and Gollum and Gandalf. That's what I'm saying. If that's how you leave it, especially over three movies, you did something wrong. Yeah. You gotta, de- you gotta develop those. They were dwarves. cool movies. Though. It was an oh, yeah, awesome 100%. experience seeing them in theaters because I will say we yes. never, we never got to see the original no. trilogy in the theater, so it was cool getting to see the Hobbit. And I'm excited for the Lord of the Rings TV yeah. show. That yeah, yeah, that'll with. be cool. on Who Amazon, knows what right? What the heck that's going to be about? It's going to be, I think, the Second Age when Sauron was at his po- height of his power, and we're going to talk about the age of um, the Elven, the Elf. When they all come together. In basically the intro of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, let's just hope they focus on telling the good story. Other than money. And not drag it out and want to make as much money. I will say they're sinking a lot into it, though. I think it's all said and done. All five seasons are going to be about a billion dollars that they, Amazon has sunk into this. Which is a lot of freaking money, so they got to make it back. So who knows what they're going to do. I, if so they, they're committed to five seasons of the show? They are committed to okay. it. But if it has a horrible fan reception, this might turn out like Percy Jackson. Could or so, uh, Narnia, or, or Narnia. <laughs> so it's like, well, Nar- Narnia's films were kind of okay, but that's a different. But song. they like they had a plan and they yeah. completely had to abandon it. Yeah. Like what they got? How many books are there? Seven, and they did three movies. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I had a, I'm not well versed on Narnia. But anyway, favorite fandom, Star Wars. I'm really excited for everything that they're doing and going to be doing um, in the future. So that does it for the intro. Now you know where we are as fans.
Okay, everyone, it's Ben here. I just want to say thank you to those of you who uh, watched up until this point. We both really appreciate it. Uh, I decided to split up the podcast into two sections since we went a little long on the first go-around at it. So uh, part one is out now, and part two will hopefully be out later today if I can uh, finish everything up nicely. Part two will consist of uh, all the news that happened this week, which is a lot. We got a ton of stuff. And uh, we'll also be recapping uh, Walking Dead uh, Episode 7 of uh, recent Season 11, uh, the new What If episode, and uh, the recent Star Wars Visions. Uh, so stay tuned for all of that. Uh, again, thank you everyone who listened. It truly means uh, the world to both Ethan and I uh, as we begin our journey uh, through podcasting. So uh, thank you again, and I hope that uh, you have an absolutely fantastic day.